You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. But today we're getting into part three of our sermon series, The Devil's Tactics. Are we, uh, do we know the Word of God when it says that the devil is out to steal and kill and to destroy? But how many know that greater is he that is in us, right, than he that is in the world? And we are believing for that together. And today we're going to look at part three in, in, of this series, and it's called Mind Games. Because the devil loves to play mind games with you and I. And in 1 Kings chapter 19... We read a story of a man named Elijah. Now, perhaps you're familiar with Elijah. He was a man of God. He was a prophet of God. He was used by God to proclaim the good news. He was used by God to bring forth miracle after miracle. A great man of God. But in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, we read that the devil played mind games with Elijah to the point that he wanted to take his own life. Wow, how could a man of God who God is using in such a powerful way drop to the point to, uh, to really, literally want to take his life? We read in verse 1 of, um, of 1 Kings 19, Now Ahab told Jezebel, now that, these are the, the evil king, the evil queen. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. In other words, the evil queen was saying, Elijah, man of God, I'm going to kill you. Okay. So how did Elijah respond? We would think that Elijah would say, Well, you can do whatever you want. I'm a man of God and I can overcome this. It's not what he, how he responded. Verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid. And ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah got to the point to say, Lord, just take my life. I don't want to live anymore. I just, just want to end my life right now. Sometimes we end up to the point, at the point in our lives that we just want to give up. Even though God has given us victory after victory, and I'm here to tell you today that whenever you have those thoughts, they are of the devil. That's one of the devil's tactics. And he will play mind games. Not only did he do this to Elijah, but he does this to many of us. And not only to take our lives, but he'll play mind games to put thoughts and things that maybe are not true. We're going to talk about that today. Because um, it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. But I do believe that God can and will give you and I overcoming power over the devil's tactics. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege we have even right now. As we come together, we do so in your mighty name. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this place in a great and powerful way. Thank you, Lord. As we come to the teaching of your word, we pray that your word would indeed come alive in us and through us. We thank you for the privilege we have of studying your word. Now, Lord, we pray that you would not only, uh, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
Okay, I'm going to give you um, a little brain teaser. Let's see how smart you are. Let's see if you can figure this out. A man left home running. He ran a bit, and then he took a left, and then he ran some more, and then he took another left, and he ran a little bit more, and he took another left, and he ended up back home where he was met by two masked men who were waiting for him. Uh, when I heard that the first time, I'm thinking, what in the world is that about? I can't, was there an answer, a solution to this this thing that this man left home running? And uh, what's that all about? But some of you may say, well, is there any meaning to this particular riddle or brain teaser? Well, actually, if, to us, it may not make sense. If, unless I use this one word, if you think about it in this terms, and this one word is baseball. Okay. Now you get it. Man left home running and took a left, then took another left, and then took another left. And when he got back home, he was met by two masked men, the catcher and the umpire, right? Now it makes sense, right? But sometimes things happen in life that don't make sense, and we try to figure things out. And sometimes things are not, we're not able to figure things out. When you're like me, you try to be analytical and try to figure, why did this happen and why did that happen? Other times, the devil will play mind games to confuse us. Sometimes the devil will put thoughts in your mind and my mind to confuse us as to what's going on in our life. And honestly, what this is oftentimes referred to is spiritual warfare. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a battle going on in your mind because the, 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 the Lord God Almighty wants your mind to be his. We are called to live and have the mind of Christ. Amen? But unfortunately, the devil steps in, and the devil wants to pull us away from our relationship with the Lord. And uh, there's a battle going on, and many times this is referred to as spiritual warfare. Good versus evil and right versus wrong and God versus the devil. Our mind oftentimes becomes a battleground and you have a choice to make. Now, we must understand the devil's tactics. He, um, he loves to play mind games with you and me. He wants you to entertain thoughts that are not of God. He wants you to believe things that are, that are not true. Uh, and he wants you to even do things that are not right. Last week we talked about one of the other devil's tactics, and that is picking up offenses. And one of the things we learned is that sometimes we pick up offenses that are legitimate offenses, and other times there are perceived offenses. And oftentimes we perceive that this person did something to us when really they didn't. Or maybe we think that this happened and really they didn't. And really what that's about is the devil will oftentimes put thoughts in our mind. He plays mind games with you and I. Believe me, I've d- dealt with that quite a bit over my my years. The devil does. I'm, I'm being honest with you because he attacks all of us, right? But he attacks me in this fashion many times as well. He will oftentimes put things in my mind that, you know what, I, I have to properly identify them as of the devil, But sometimes it's easy to believe those things that fall into our mind. Well, and other times, it's sometimes it's a matter of communication or, should I say, misunderstandings or miscommunication. And I got to tell you, the devil loves this. When two people are communicating and things fall apart in their communication level. In fact, maybe you're familiar with the four messages of communication. What is that? Because sometimes there are four different messages if you're speaking to someone or trying to communicate. First of all, number one, it's what I said. Secondly, it's what I thought I said. 
Third, the third type of message is what you heard, and fourth is what you thought you heard. You know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes what I say may not be received the way you took it, or other times, well, I thought I said it this way, but no, but you didn't say it that way. You said this, or I thought you said this. I mean, no, that comes. To, uh, that's a lot of confusion. And the devil oftentimes plays mind games because we end up confused because of it could be miscommunication. But once again, that could very well be one of the devil's tactics. So what does the devil want you to do? Three things. The devil wants you to, number one, entertain thoughts that are not of God. The devil wants you to entertain thoughts that are not of God. Elijah, this man of God, began to entertain thoughts that are not of God. What happened? Because he was a man and he listened to the voice of Jezebel, the evil queen. And he would, he would begin to entertain thoughts because after all, he was a man of God. He had the protection of God, but yet he ran for his life, we read in verse 3 of 1 Kings 19. He ran for his life. Why did he do that? Because he was entertaining thoughts that were not of God. Was, didn't God have his back? Yes. Was he scared? Oh, yeah, he was scared. He was scared of that woman, Jezebel, okay? And, and, and sometimes the devil will just uh, put thoughts in our mind, and those thoughts are not of God. Even though Elijah was more than a conqueror, even though he knew that he really had nothing to fear, he allowed the thoughts from the devil to enter his mind. What was the result? He ended up in a depression, so bad that he wanted to die. He wanted his life to end. And I'm going to tell you, if you've ever had those kind of thoughts that you want your life to end, recognize it now. The devil is playing mind games with you. Reject those thoughts. Get them out of your mind because that's not of God. God created every single one of you with a clear purpose. He doesn't make any mistakes. And he has a plan. And he has a purpose, and he has a future for your life. I want you to believe that. Those are not thoughts from the devil. These are thoughts from God's word. If you believe that you have a purpose in God's uh, eyes, would you join me in giving the Lord praise? I have purpose. God has a plan for my life. Suicide rates are up. Back in 2017, last year, the statistics showed that 45,000 Americans took their own life. Wow. Uh, now, I will say this. Satan, I do not believe Satan can read your mind, but I do believe Satan can influence your thoughts. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, because it is here that we read about spiritual warfare. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Now, I want to stop right there. Casting down imaginations. Whenever we have imaginations in our mind and our mind starts to wander and our mind starts thinking things that are not of God, what do we do with those? What does it say? Cast them down. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Casting down imaginations. Because, you know what, we can't live our lives based on these false imaginations. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought, where? To the obedience of Christ. Every thought we should have in our minds should be captivated 
by Christ, by obedience to Christ. Are we ready to go there? Now, this is not easy to do, but I believe God can give us the ability to do that. Here's a to another level lesson. When your mind is filled with anger, bitterness, fear, worry, or confusion, your spiritual growth is stunted, and you've fallen into the trap of the enemy, the bait of Satan. Number three, what else does the devil want to do? Number three, um, I'm sorry, number two, I was getting ahead of myself. Uh, The devil wants you, number two, to believe things that are not true. The devil wants you to believe things that are not true. Now, Elijah knew what that was like. The devil played mind games with him. The devil made Elijah believe things that were not true. And you've got to remember this. Who is the father of lies? Satan himself, right? So if you are receiving lies, remember it's from the devil. Elijah was a man of God. But the devil was playing mind games on him and convinced him otherwise. Now, once again, if you were to go back to the previous chapter, 1 Kings 18, you would see a huge, powerful miracle that took place. It's a story of how 450 prophets of the false god Baal challenged Elijah. They said, Elijah, you call on your God. We'll call on our God. We set up two different altars. And the God who answers by fire to consume this altar is the God we will worship. So the 450 prophets of this false god, Baal, they began to worship and cut themselves and do all these things. Nothing happened. Well, we knew nothing was going to happen because they were worshiping a false god. But the moment Elijah, just one man against 450 prophets of Baal, one man, Elijah, called on God, and just a few seconds later, whoop, that fire came down from heaven, consumed the altar, And wow, the eyes were open because they knew that Elijah's God was a true God in Israel. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So you would think right after that great miracle, great victory that Elijah had, if you were one against 450, the odds were definitely against you. But Elijah was that one, but actually he was not a minority. He was a majority because God was on his side, right? But the good news is when you have that kind of victory, you, you should be on cloud nine. Amen. God brought me victory. Amen. You, oh, man, I could do anything. You would think that he would be in that kind of position. But unfortunately, the very next chapter says Elijah pretty much fell into a depression. And he ran from the enemy. Where was that power that he had just a few verses before that? He allowed the devil to play mind games with him. And it happens to many of us as well. Sometimes we allow the devil to play mind games with us. It happened with Eve. You know the story of Adam and Eve. God says you can do this and enjoy, but there's one one tree you cannot eat of. And of course, Satan, like that slithery snake, came in to tempt and put thoughts into Eve's mind. The Bible says that the devil filled Eve's mind with things like, you know what, if you eat this forbidden fruit, you're going to be like God. Guess what? She believed the lie. You're going to get in a whole lot of trouble if you start believing the lies of the devil. Eve got in a lot of trouble because she started believing these lies of the devil. She fell for those lies. My friend, don't give in to the devil's lies. 
He loves to play mind games with you. Yeah. The devil will say, remember what you did 11 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God's not going to forgive you of that. Lies. God will forgive you. You'll never amount to anything in life. That's what the devil will say. Those are lies. Yes, you will, because God created you in a special way. Oh, you may as well give up serving the Lord because eventually you're going you're gonna to quit anyway. <laughs> That's another lie of the devil. And uh, don't believe those lies. In fact, we're going to go a little deeper in the Digging Deeper Notes this week. It's part two of the Bait of Satan. The notes are at the Connection Hub if you want to get a copy of that. But uh, here we're going to talk about how all these things, we fall into the trap of Satan himself. Don't take the bait. Number three, what else does the devil do? He wants us, he wants you to do things that are not right. Not only does he want you to entertain things that are not of God, not only does he want you to believe things that are not true, but he wants you to do things that are not right. Because if he can change your mind and influence your thoughts, then he's going to change the way you live. Because the things that you and I do and the choices we make in life begin with our thoughts. In fact, I read an article not too long ago that there was this university that did a study because they wanted to find out of all the great literature in all the world, this, this type of literature has this theme and this type of literature has this theme and this type of literature has this theme and this type of literature has this theme. What is the number one, the highest, the, the priority, the highest theme in all of the literature in all the world? You know what they came up with? They said uh, it, it's all about controlling your mind that will therefore control your actions. And I thought, isn't that what the book of Proverbs says? As a man thinketh, so does he do. The Bible tells you that. They didn't have to do all that research. All they need to do is go to the Proverbs. Yeah? Say, yeah, as a man thinketh, so he does. So if that's what happens, as a man thinks, so he does, guess what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to change the the way you think so that in turn it will change what you do. Are you understanding what the devil's tactic is? He's coming against your mind, my brother and sister, because if he can change your mind, he's going to change your life. Be careful. Have you ever heard of the destiny principle? Let me give it to you. It says this, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. So a character reap a lifestyle. So a lifestyle reap a destiny. So your destiny, if this is true, and I, I believe this, because everything begins in our mind, your thought pattern. Because once you have something in your mind and your thoughts, you're going to follow through with an act. And then you're going to develop a habit, then a character, then a lifestyle, and then it shows into your destiny. Don't let the devil control your mind. So how do you overcome the devil's mind games? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you three quick reasons. We're going to go through a few scriptures to respond to this. I believe we, we see that the devil is out to control your mind. Yes, he is. So what do we do? In response, number one, don't give the devil a foothold. That's what Ephesians 4.27 says. Do not. Don't give the devil a foothold. Clear and plain, don't give him 
a foothold. A number of years ago, a guy came to me and he says, Pastor, I need some advice. I can't seem to overcome my problem of drinking. He says, I'm not an alcoholic, but I, I can't seem to shake this habit. I, when I drink too much, I, I don't do what I want to do, and I don't say things that I want to say. It's like it controls me. I said, you're right, it does. And I could tell what he, that he really did want to overcome this issue. So I asked him a series of questions, and I said, well, and one of the questions I asked, and I realized that I, I, I kind of struck a chord there. I said, well, what do you do on Friday nights? He says, well, I get together with my buddies, and we go out and get drunk. I said, okay, red flag here, red flag. I said, you realize what's, what's happening here? You have the wrong set of friends. Because the friends that you hang out with, are you going to lift you up or bring you down? And believe me, the devil's going to put certain people in your life to bring you down. And if you give in to that, you're going to go down with them. I said, if you want to break this drinking habit, you've got to change your, your friends. And, you know, once again, that's why... That's why it's really cool to be part of connect groups here at Fortress Church. You have godly friends, godly men and women that we can hang out with and, and enjoy uh, ministry and growing in the Lord together. I, I really praise God for it. But once again, this, this guy that I'm telling you about, he was giving the devil a foothold. Some people say, oh, I'll just have a little bit of marijuana. Yeah, it's not going to hurt. You know, but they're giving the devil a foothold because what happens after that? They want something stronger, something deeper, and it goes into other drugs like cocaine because they want something more and more. What happened? What was the problem? They gave the devil a foothold, and then it was downhill from there. Don't give the devil a foothold because the devil's going to put things in your mind. Oh, a little bit of here, a little sin here is not going to hurt you. A little bit of this won't hurt you. A little bit of that won't No, the devil is playing mind games with you, my friend, and don't give him a foothold. Number two, how do you overcome the devil's mind game? Set your mind on godly thoughts. Paul says this in Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I remember when I was about eight years old, I was invited to, by a friend uh, to spend the night over his house. I said, yeah, we're gonna. I went over his house, and this, uh, this buddy of mine wanted to watch a horror movie. And I didn't like horror movies when I was eight years old. And, and now that I'm 29 years old, I still don't like horror movies, okay? I'm sorry. Okay. That was a joke, okay? <laughs> I wasn't lying to you as a joke, okay? <laughs> but I was eight years old. I went over to my buddy's house, and he wanted to watch a horror movie. So, I, you know, when you're eight years old, you're trying to be a big boy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah okay, down deep. No, no, you know. And I, I really didn't want to see it. And, but anyway, I didn't want to be a, a sissy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? So I watched the movie with them. For the next two, three weeks, man, I had nightmares every night. Every night I had nightmares about these scenes that happened in this horror movie. It was controlling my mind. I gave the devil a foothold. Now, even eight-year-olds can give the devil a foothold. But you know what, and that's what happens. The devil loves it when we give him a foothold and we set our minds on things other than that are godly. And, and, And likewise, there are certain things that the devil will put into your mind and it's going to set you back. It's going to ruin your spiritual life. And don't open that door because let's set our minds on 
godly things, not horror flicks. Is that okay? I, I got to brag upon my wife, but, you know, every morning she wakes up, she turns on praise and worship music or godly Bible teaching. And so she fills her mind as she's getting ready every day of the week. She fills her mind with godly thoughts, godly things, either godly music or, or, or godly Bible teaching. So she's ready for the day. You know, by the time I wake up, like five hours later, no, I'm not that bad. Okay. By the time I wake up, I'm not that bad. But it's like the whole house is filled with the presence of God because she has put her mind on godly thoughts. So I ask you the question, what, how about the music you listen to? Is it, does it lift you up or does it, uh, is it giving you godly thoughts or not? How about the, the things that you read, uh, you know, the things that you're, you get on the, the computer with or, or even the, the social media or media that we watch? The, sometimes even the news can get you depressed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, can we fill our minds with godly things? How about conversation? If somebody's telling a dirty joke, does that, do you laugh along or do you think, oh, that's nothing wrong with that? Don't give the devil a foothold. You know, fill your mind with, with things of God. Be careful what you're feeding your mind. Paul says this in Philippians 4, 8, whatever, finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Amen. That's what we need to do. So where is your mind? You've heard that saying, your your mind is in the gutter. Don't put your mind in the gutter, right? Number three, how else can we come against what the devil does? Pursue God's plan for your life. When you put God's plan in action, what you're really doing is saying, devil, what you've put into my mind has no value at all. I'm doing what God tells me to do. So once again, pursue God's plan for your life. Now, I just read in Philippians 4, 8, the passage that says, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, think about these things. And then the very next verse, he says this, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. In other words, don't just think about these things, put them into practice. Are you seeing what Paul is saying here? This is what we need to do. Don't just think about these things. That's the start. That's where it begins. Set your mind on things of of God. Set your mind on things above. Then the very next verse, he says, practice these things. Now, Do those things that are pure. Do those things that are just. Do those things that are true. Do those things that are honorable. Do those things that are lovely. Do those things that are commendable. This is how we can defeat the the enemy. Because, you know, when you do things that God tells you to do, you're, you're defeating the enemy. And then it's the last phrase of this verse is what? And the God of peace will be with you. Does any, do any of you want God to be with you? I remember a while back somebody came, Pastor, and sometimes it feels like God's not with me. It's like I'm praying, it's like he's not there. And, you know, I go through my day and he's not there. So I started asking him, okay, uh, just kind of walk me through what you do. And, and he, he kind of mentioned the music he listens to and the other things he, he's involved in. And I said, you know what the problem is, is your mind is elsewhere. 
Your mind is elsewhere. It's not on God. And, and, and I led him to this passage. He says, because your mind is not on God, you don't have the God of peace that is with you. He's not with you. Because you've not allowed it. You've, you've allowed the devil to get a foothold instead of allowing the mind of Christ to be with you. I said, you probably don't are not experiencing the presence of God because you're not allowing the presence of God to be with you. So read with me in um, Joshua 1. You probably know this verse. Be strong and courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may have good success. I underline success. Does anybody want success? How do we get there? Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Let me stop right there. You want success? You meditate on the law. What is that? The word of God. You want to be successful in life? You get God's thoughts and God's word and God's truth in your mind. The problem with so many of us is we allow the devil to get a foothold by allowing him to play mind games with us. And the devil has a certain control of our mind. And because of that, we're not meditating on the things of God. We're meditating on the things of this world. We're meditating on the problems that are around us instead of the Word of God. We're meditating on how this person may have said this. You know how that goes. The devil plays mind games. Did you see what he's, did you hear what he said to you? Did you see that look in his eyes? Yeah, he's got something against you. It's lies of the devil, you know. The devil put all those thoughts. That person, he's out to get you. He's out to get you. She's out to get you. She wants to take you down. Not, not necessarily. I realize that sometimes that happens, but can we have the mind of Christ and say, you know what, even if this person is against me, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them and just turn everything around. That happened to me a number of years ago. Somebody was, was vocally against me and, and saying some things, and even to the point of a little threat, and I turned around and I just said, you know, I'm just going to pray for you. I believe God's best. I turned it around and I started using words of life on this person. You know what that did? It shut them up. It really did. Because if I were to retaliate with words, well, you said this and, you know, your mama wears combat boots. No, I didn't say it. Okay. <laughs> if I were to retaliate like that, <clears throat> it would only make things worse. But I responded with words of life. I said, I'm going to pray that God would bless you and your business. God would bless you and your marriage and your children. And man, it shut him up. It really did. Words of life works. Okay? And I just shut down what the enemy was trying to do against him and, and with me. So the last thing it says right here, it says meditate on it. So what are you meditating on? The lies of the devil or the word of God? So that you may be careful to do. In other words, once you have the mind of Christ, you're going to be able to live out the word of God according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Oh, I like that promise of God. I like the promise of God. Now, as I begin to close, I go, I go back just to reference Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Now, the good news is God sent to his rescue. God gave him something to eat. He replenished himself. 
He got his physical health back. He got his mental health back. And he continued to be used of God. God used Elijah with many more miracles. God had an anointing on Elijah's life. And if you've been dealing with the mind games of the enemy, here's the good news. Just like God did for Elijah, God can turn that around and God can use you as an instrument of God's miracle-working power. God turned things around for Elijah because he then put on the mind of Christ. See, the devil wants to put labels on you. Oh, you're you're nothing. Uh, You're a sinner. You're this and you're that. But the only label that matters in your life and mine is what God says. Can I I give you just a, a contrast of how the devil will try to put things in your mind? But you know what? God has a final word. For example, the devil may say, you're a loser. But God says, no, the devil is a loser. How many know that the devil is going to be away in, in hell for eternity? And we're going to be with the Lord God Almighty for eternity. Revelation 20.10. The devil may put mind, games, put mind games in your mind and say, you'll never amount to anything. But you know what God says? God says, I've given you hope and I've given you a future. The devil says, look at your sin. God says, look at my son. Amen. The devil says, uh, that prayer that you're praying, oh, you may as well give it up because it's impossible. God says, all things are possible with the Lord. The devil says, nobody loves you. God says, oh, I love you. Amen. The devil says, you can't even forgive yourself. God says, well, you know what? I've forgiven you, so now you can forgive yourself. The devil will try to convince you, I can't do it. God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can do all things. You have a choice. Are you going to allow the devil to play mind games and do and think the way he wants you to think? Or are you going to follow the mind of Christ? Would you stand with me right now? And I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do it a second time, and perhaps a second time around, You might want to join in with me, but I'm going to proclaim that what God says is who I am. Here it is. I'm going to say this. I am chosen. I am forgiven. I am an overcomer. I am a recipient of God's amazing grace. I am loved. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have hope. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I have eternal life. I have the mind of Christ. God is for me, not against me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I stand on the promises of God. My faith is in the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am a blood-bought, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, sin-defacing, overcoming child of God. I am who God says that I am. Amen. So be it. And you believe that? Hallelujah. I'm not going to allow the devil to convince me otherwise. So if you want to believe this with me, I want you to repeat after me. I am chosen. I am forgiven. I am an overcomer. I am a recipient of God's amazing grace. I am loved. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have hope. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I have eternal life. I have the mind of Christ. God is for me, not against me. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I stand on the promises of God. My faith is in the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am a blood-bought, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, sin-defacing, overcoming child of God. I am who God says I am. Amen. So be it. Yes. Thank you, Lord.